Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Bigarito. Tom Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I am your host, Pat Catello, and uh, we are coming off of a game uh, which uh, obviously very talked about. Miami Dolphins uh, losing uh, in Indianapolis 27-24 uh, in, in just a crushing defeat uh, at, at the hands of the Indianapolis Colts, the Andrew Luck led Indianapolis Colts, and uh, there's so many subtexts to this game, uh, so I'm uh, going to start right off uh, with it. Uh, it, it. It's obviously a devastating defeat for the Miami Dolphins, and at this point, you know, I, I would assume all our listeners, you know, uh, come in here ha- having most of the post-game reactions and everything through Sunday night and into Monday morning, and, and now here you are Monday night, and, and you look for a, a fresh take, um, you know, which is... Uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it's it's tough. I mean, um, it's uh, the kind of thing where you know, you, you I guess you just you, you, you know the emotions are strong, and uh, you you kind of look for something to appease you and maybe make some more sense. And the dust has settled a little bit more, um, but uh, there's no way to get around the fact that this was another pivotal game that the Miami Dolphins uh, lost. Basically, there's you know they they go from uh, five and five now they're five and six and it changes a lot of the playoff structure which we're going to go over and it certainly uh, changes uh, you now have a losing record um, it makes the remaining five games that you have so much different now um, and uh, you know it, it it's the kind of thing where. You know, there's a lot of reasons maybe why the Dolphins didn't come out with a win, but when you look at the fact that they went in there and they played so well uh, for such a remainder, you know, for most of the game, really. I mean, they should have won this game, and then all of a sudden, uh, here you are, and, you know, you find yourself up by 10 points, you know, going into the fourth quarter, and... uh, it, you know, it just basically collapses again, and the Dolphins uh, cannot seem to uh, to 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 finish games. I guess, and that's what championship teams do. That's what good teams do. Bad teams lack that. But now there's another way of looking at it, right? And the other way of looking at it is that the Dolphins have been competing, and they're in a game where most people didn't give them any chance to win. They were ten plus point underdogs, and yet here they are having a chance to win this game. Uh, so, you know, I think you got to look at that too. Um, but the one glaring thing that comes back to me on this game, and, uh, it, it's a strong one is obviously the third and 10. 
uh, with around two minutes to play, a little over two minutes to play. It's a tie game, third and ten. You're backed up, uh, you know, on your own 10, 12-yard line, and uh, basically the Dolphins choose to just hand off and, and, and almost concede uh, and, and, and punt the ball away. And, um, you know, uh, to me, that speaks volumes, and, and I was very upset. I was livid when it happened. Um, I just don't really understand it. Um, I, I, I look at it in the sense that you have a, uh, I guess, you know, a, a seven-year veteran quarterback, and if you don't trust him to put the ball in his hands to try to get a first down, then, you know, I don't know what that says. Uh, because when you're punting away, and let's say the best-case scenario, you're going to back them to their 30-yard line. You know, that's the best-case scenario probably. Uh, Worst-case scenario, uh, you know, worst-case punt scenario without a major return is probably midfield. And they need to get a field goal to win the game. And they have arguably the greatest field goal kicker in the history of the NFL, who already missed a shot. So, uh, you know, the the odds that he's going to miss another one – you know, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, and so here you are, and you, uh, you, you know, you, you, you punt the ball away. Now, I will say, the Dolphin defense, who was struggling throughout most of the game, and I know that Adam Gase in his press conference said that, you know, that was the big issue for him. Uh, you know, he did, the, the Dolphin defense were very close to stopping them. I, I will give them that. It comes down to, you know, a third down play where they basically have Andrew Luck sacked and uh and then he he squirms out of it and, and throws a long completion which was basically the nail in the coffin Venetary then kicks the game winning field goal. Um but you know, it speaks volumes to me in the fact that, you know, it just seemed like a gutless move. And I know Richard said that uh and uh, we're, we're waiting for him to hopefully get in here. Uh, and, uh, you know, he will give his uh, two cents on it, which, you know, of course will be it will be strong. You know that. Uh, but, you know, I just felt that by by giving that the ball away there, it really speaks volumes about playing scared. I mean, you're on the road there. So many of these trick plays, uh, so many of these trick plays, it just – I don't know. Um, it, it, it doesn't really uh, make sense that they've used it so many times. Where Where is that trick play where Tannehill, you know, maybe runs with the ball or, you know, gets a pass? I mean, something. If you have it, that is is where you would do it, right? Uh, and so, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it, just, it just baffles my mind that they didn't even try to do that. And so uh, now you you know you basically are are the percentages cannot be that high in that situation. And I know that they talk about um, you know being backed up there. And and I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, Geese in his press conference said that he's been in that stadium before with a Hall of Fame quarterback in that position that basically got um, uh, sacked for a safety in the end zone. And I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I I get that whole thing, um, but uh, so what? 
I mean, you got to play the percentages there, don't you? Uh, you have to play the percentages, and basically um, what that comes down to is, uh, you know, uh, I think you have to roll the dice there. You have to go for something. I mean, you're talking about 10 yards. I, I'm not, you know, third and 18, third and 22. I get it, I guess. I still think you almost have to try to do something, but maybe when the numbers are like that, I can justify punting the ball. But third and 10? And you're going to tell me that you don't feel comfortable that you can throw a 10-yard pass somewhere and complete it? And which would basically, if not get you in another drive to try to win the game yourself, run the clock out, try to go to overtime? I mean, it, it was a terrible play call. And I think that's why you have so many people uh, just, you know, calling for, for Gase's head. And... Uh, you know, I, listen, I think it's an overreaction. I, I've said all along, I think the Dolphin fans are, you know, the, the, they're fair weather, especially the in-town fans, you know, and and they overreact a ton of times. Um, you know, basically the Dolphins have had a, a ton of injuries this year. They're competitive. You know, this was a game that if they win, I think everybody's singing a different tune. Um, you know, and I'm sure Adam Gase is sick over it too, but I think it was a major mistake. And it's a mistake that probably um, will stay with him for the remaining tender of, of his Miami Dolphins stay, um, which is, you know, it is what it is. I have my problems with Adam Gase, but, I, you know, uh, I, I still have to say, you know, i got to call it how I see it. Um, that bothered me. It bothered me a lot. Ryan Tannehill, I thought, played good. I thought for, uh, you know, being laid off for as long as he was and to have the pain and everything that he's had um, was, uh, you know, it was an instance where um, you basically, uh, you didn't know what you were going to expect from him, what you were going to get out of him, and I thought that he played uh, fairly well. Uh, But, um, you know, it was certainly well enough to win. And the defense, I think, has been struggling a lot at times, um, but it's a game they should have won. And I, I said all along, you know, the the Bears game, best game the Dolphins have had in, in maybe 15 years, and this goes down as one of the worst losses. Not, you know, in an epic scale like that, but certainly in a long time. I mean, this was a game that, you know, is really crushing. Um, and, you know, you just got to – got to live with it I guess I mean um I don't know what uh what you could do other than move on you get back home uh it's going to be very hard to recuperate for the rest of the the year our playoffs still a possibility I mean I guess but you know it certainly changes a lot of the uh, the structure um but uh I don't know um frustrating frustrating day for the Miami Dolphins um, there were some bright spots, so I don't want to be completely gloom about it. Um, you know, I, I, uh, obviously Carew with another big game, um, and that, that's great to see that. But that also brings me back to my past points that I've made about Adam Gase, uh, and, and that's basically that, um, you know, why is, is, is Carew, if he's able to do that, why is he a non-entity for three years? Why is he never on the field? doesn't make any sense to me. You know, he cut 
cut him, practice squad, still not getting on the field. Same with Devontae Parker, playing games for five weeks, and then the guy comes on and has a 140-yard, 150-yard performance. You know, where, where is this? I mean, it, it seems like they cut their nose off to spite their face quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what, why. I, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me um, why they do that, and uh, it, it's a problem. I mean, it's 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 a major problem. Uh, I I don't know. I, I I guess the Dolphins have to really evaluate what they have, um, but I think that there is a big part that uh, I think there's a big part that's basically. Uh, competitive with this team and that's why I keep going back to you know to that but um the leadership doesn't seem to be there and uh you know that that that's kind of scary when you uh you know when you look at it all uh in that sense so uh, I don't know all right we have uh, I know that there's some problems with uh, phone lines and such as that so we're going to take a break or two and we're going to try to see if we can patch Rich in here and uh and and get his take on it so we will be uh Right back uh, very shortly. Hi, this is Larry Zonka, and you're listening to the Pat Catella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello.
Okay, welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. Uh, apparently, uh, problems with the, uh, the phone lines and stuff like that, so just bear with us today as it's uh, bad weather and stuff in this area. Um, but, you know, basically, uh, I know that we've been hit up with uh, a, a, a tremendous amount of um, uh, just uh, e- emails and uh just disgruntled Miami Dolphin fans, and, and, and it's justified. You know, this is a very difficult game. I don't condone all the Dolphin fans jumping ship so quick, though. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, I think you have to take everything in, in context, uh, if you will. And and, uh, and so by that rationale, um, you know, it, it's just basically uh, the kind of thing that um, – you know, the, you you got to look at where the organization is going. Um, now, they've had a tremendous amount of injuries throughout the entire year. Uh, some people, like Rich, predicted them to win three games before any of the injuries. I think we've seen that that is obviously not the case, that the team, you know, a lot of those moves were good, but the problem is that the injuries just destroyed them. Okay, so now you're you're battling all year, and you go to a game that, you know, you're not predicted to win. I mean, you're not supposed to win the game, you know. You're you're double-digit underdogs and whatnot, and uh, and and uh, you know you you basically had enough to win the game. I mean, you should have won that game, and I think that they panicked in the end. And you know, we've talked about the play calling, which everybody is harping on, justified, but uh, it, it it's the kind of thing where. Um, I guess if you put it all into perspective, it's why they're a notch underneath where they need to be. Um, They are certainly a team that, uh, certainly a team that I guess you have to, uh, you have to give a little bit of grace, but uh, we've talked time and time again about how their entire attitude kind of leads you to this. When you, when you treat fans and your entire organization below you like you're above everybody and you're elitist and you know when you when you treat everybody like that when things go bad there's no sympathy that's what's going on with Adam Gase that's what's going on with the Miami Dolphins in the front office that's why everybody is bombarding them and calling for his head today because they treat everybody like everything's such a huge secret like they're above everybody else they treat even the media like, you know, they give one word answers. They don't want to get into anything. Well, Bill Belichick does that, too. Yeah, you know what? Bill Belichick does do that. But the difference is Bill Belichick's been to the Super Bowl, what, nine times in 15 years? You know, basically, you can – I'm not saying it's right to act like that, but there's ground of where you can act like that. The Dolphins have not accomplished anything, anything at all, which would enable them – to do something like that, um, and uh, you know that that definitely leads to what you're seeing now. Now, I think there's a lot of I, I know there's personally, I, I, you know, there's people that they start off the year, they're all gung ho, acting like they're big shots. They go to these games, they're you know going on the road, and then the second things start getting bad, they're done, they're gone. The team stinks. I hate this. I'm selling my tickets. I'm selling my season tickets. I'm not renewing. I'm not going anywhere. Is anybody want to buy? I mean, when you have that kind of mentality, you're an idiot to begin with. 
You're an idiot. So I don't even like give those people credibility. But I will say that there's also a, a lot of other people that, you know, want to have a product that stand by the team and are, are basically hurt when you see stuff like this go on. And I think that that's where I'm talking as far as, like, the way the team treats, the, you know, it, 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 its fans that, you know, it comes back. And that's why you, you have such an exaggeration of what needs to be done. Now, there's another subtext to this game. And the ironic part is this is basically a reunion of the 2012 draft class between Andrew Luck and Ryan Tannehill. And I've said from the very beginning, I thought that Andrew Luck was very overrated. I didn't think there was a huge difference between Andrew Luck's career and uh, and Ryan Tannehill's career, career in the sense that, listen, I, I see it and I know that Andrew Luck is better better player than Tannehill and his career has been better I understand that he's went to some playoff games won a couple went to a championship game albeit it was really not you know uh, close it was one of those years where you knew the Patriots were going to win but you know he still had a little bit more success but nothing close to where he was supposed to be I mean, he was supposed to be the next Peyton Manning coming out, right? I, I remember people like Mike Francesa is the surest thing that you can ever find, closest thing to a sure thing you'll ever see. He has not been that. Okay, he missed an entire year last year for a, a shoulder injury that nobody knows what the heck really was. So very similar to Tannehill with the with the knee. Um, uh, but you see that Andrew Luck is a notch above Tannehill. You know, the, the escaping that sack, the getting the job done five games in a row, he's a little, you know, better than Tannehill is. I give you that. I just don't think he's anywhere near where he was supposed to be. And, you know, he, he's uh, – I, I I don't know where it's going to end for him. It's kind of like on the on the bubble right now, you know, whether or not he's going to have a resurgence in his second half of his career. We'll have to see how that goes. But – you know, basically, I guess my point is that I'm making is that, you know, when you put these two guys together, I don't think there was such a huge separation. I remember the rookie year that Tannehill had. I thought it was really good. I remember some shootouts they had. Uh, and, and I just think that, um, you know, Russell Wilson, like I said, and Kirk Cousins, who was uh, in that draft as well, I think have had, you know, the better careers, uh, certainly Russell. And, uh, you know, and so here you have this matchup, which they didn't really harp on as much as I thought they were going to. And a lot of that has to do with, I think, that they thought that the the, the Dolphins were um, not really going to be a factor in the game, you know. Uh, and um, basically, uh, you know, it turned out to be a ball game. And at that point, you know, I think Bruce Arians was the, the national uh, guest announcer in the booth. And so... You could see his reactions to some of the play calls, and especially that third and ten, which were, like, baffling. And, you know, then when you have everything just kind of collapse again, you know, it it makes you wonder um, a lot of things. Uh, One of the guys, you know, that kind of has been getting a lot of the heat all year has been Matt Burke, the defensive coordinator, and... You know, this is a game I think that the Adam Gase play calling and the offensive struggles late in the game kind of took him off the hook a little bit. But I thought that the defense was having a hard time throughout the day. And the fact that you would think that the defense 
or to put the the ball in the defense's hand, or to put the game basically in the defense's hands and say stop us, you know, stop them, and uh, you know, it was kind of a stretch because I didn't see anything during the whole year, uh, whole game that made me think that they would be able to uh, to do that. Um, it seemed like a uh, it seemed like a, a a day that the Colts were having a lot of success especially with their tight ends and uh you know I, I wasn't confident a uh, confident kicking off you know punting the ball there that the, that this game was not going to end that way and it surely did um so that that's another area of concern um and then uh you know I I I think that um basically uh you you played panicky for the rest when you when you seen that 10 point lead dissolve um they really started to panic there and uh they made some some i guess just very conservative play calling and uh and the the offensive line had a lot of problems it's got a lot of injuries and you know the fact that they're able to do that just makes me take a step back and say hey you know there is something there but it's just not quite all together um you know, they, the fact that they were able to, to do what they've even done with the amount of injuries they had, you know, it's somewhat you have to tip your cap. But at the end of the day, at the end of the year, what's the final record going to be and, and, and how much of a grace do you give because of that? I'm sure there'll be a significant one. Now, Adam Gase is still under contract for another year. So, you know, I mean, you know, you have to weigh the options there. I think they've made some of the right moves. Um, the fact that they haven't had their starting quarterback for a year and a quarter, uh, and when I say quarter, I, you know, I'm not saying like one quarter in a game. I'm a, a year and, and, and what? It's been four four games this year, and you didn't know what was going to happen. So the fact that he came back and he was able to play like that is very promising. He got hit quite a few times, seemed like he was okay. Um, so, you know, I take that as a positive. I take the resurgence of the two wide receivers as a positive. Um, I, I I heard a lot about, you know, the new acquisition receiver, but, you know, he didn't really do much. It was really uh, Carew that, you know, was a, a, a shining point uh, of, uh, of the Indianapolis Colts game. So uh, with that in mind, um, basically, uh, you, you know, it's it, you just have to take it um, for what it is. Um, it's the kind of thing that, uh, uh, I, I, I know that you're going to look in the off season to correct some of these things, but the, uh, quarterback position is going to be a big question mark. And I know that Mike Tannenbaum was, was out looking at, you know, he's looking at college quarterbacks now, and most likely they're going to draft you know, another guy, actually, they're definitely going to draft somebody. Somebody else is coming in here. Now, whether or not that means that Ryan Tannehill will be, you know, coming back and you'll have somebody competing for the job, we'll see. I mean, you know, we just have to see how that plays itself out. Um, Getting back a lot of our offensive weapons would certainly be a plus next year. But right now you're still in the midst of something. And uh, the five and six part of it, really changes things. Here's how it changes things. Right now, the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm not going to go through all the divisions because all the divisions are spoken for, right? So uh, they're all spoken for, and the 
is uh, the Ravens, okay? So when you take that into consideration um, and, and, and you have, uh, well, the Chargers would be the, the, the number one wild card, and then the Ravens right now would have that, that second spot. If the Dolphins won this game, the Dolphins would be that second spot. But they're not. Ravens now move into that. Well, who's number one in line after the Raiders? Ravens? It's the Indianapolis Colts. And what do they have? They have a 6-5 and five record. So basically, you know, you got jumped there as well. And then the Titans jumped in at 5-5. Five and five. They're ahead of you now. Okay? Uh, the Bengals are at 5-6. and six. The Broncos are at 5-6. and six. You see where I'm going with this? And what are the Dolphins? 5-6. and six. So this one game makes such a big difference in the whole overall scheme of things. Now, if, if they're able to jump, the, you know, and, and, and basically uh, get in there, um, what would that do? You know, uh, you know if, if they're able to, say, run the table, yeah, of course it's going to make things – but you've got to look at their schedule. I mean, they've got to play Buffalo twice. You're winning both of those games? Would you take a split right now? New England, you got to play the Patriots again. You confident that you're winning that game? How confident are you that you're beating Jacksonville? They're not playing great right now, but you never play them well. How confident? Uh, if you had, uh, if you had to take uh, the Minnesota Vikings, you're playing them. They just come off a huge win against Green Bay. So the point I'm making here is it's not a conducive schedule for that. It's very difficult. I mean, they'd be very lucky to go three and two. Very lucky in their last five games to go three and two, which basically puts you at an eight and eight season. And that's if you went three and two. And I don't think anybody's confident that they can do that right now. You gotta go four and one to go nine and seven. I mean, you're winning all those games, but the second Buffalo game, by the way, is in Buffalo, final game of the year. So, you know, uh, how confident are you to do that? Um, very difficult. Very difficult. And, you know, it, it just kind of puts a perspective on everything. Um, are you willing to come back again and, you know, deal the deck the way it is right now? Um, things could have went better. Things could have went worse, right? You had some some pretty lousy luck at certain times. And, uh, you know, maybe that would change in future. Maybe it wouldn't. Every year is a different year, you know? I mean, you, 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 there's some games that you won, maybe you don't win. I mean, how many times are you going to keep beating the Titans? You came up to New York and beat the Jets again. How many times are you going to do that? Yeah, the Jets aren't a great team, but how many times are you coming up here to do that? Not going to do it that often, you know? You have to figure that, you know, until you start getting things cohesively going as a unit, when you rely on just luck week in, week out, you know, it's really a crapshoot, and a lot of things can happen. And so and that's where I think the Dolphins are at right now. And, it, you know, it, it's very rough. It's very rough for Dolphin fans because mediocrity breeds contempt, right? And so if you're going to the draft uh, between six and nine wins every year, it's very difficult to make dramatic changes. It's very difficult. Uh, but... You know, I'm not a kind of guy that, you know, plays to lose. I don't like that mentality. I remember the 
ironically, the suck for luck year in 2011 with Phil, and I wasn't on board with that. I don't, I don't want that. I think that the, uh, you know, the league is not set up that way. Um, you know, you, yeah, there's going to be times when you have a good, good draft coming up, but you know, I think you just got to play everything out and try to win games and and see where where the dust settles. You know, but uh, but I think that there, you know, certainly there has to be an attitude change coming from up top. The arrogance has to kind of disappear, uh, and and it has. I mean, in other times in other organizations, um, you know, I, I I was around the the Jaguars in their first years uh, of existence and 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 working in there, and and basically, uh, you know, there was a change in Tom Coughlin from 1995 to 1998 a big change there's a big change from 95 to 96 you know and i think that sometimes the personnel have to adopt but sometimes the front office and and the and the whole mentality there has to adapt a little bit as well and maybe you know bring everything back into uh um just uh, a normalcy you know, we take the hierarchy away because I I don't see this team and I don't see this locker room ever united since Adam Gase got there. I, I don't, and I'll argue with anybody about that. Yeah, I got you made the playoffs and all that, but you know what? That playoff team two years ago, I liked the nucleus. I thought they were building on something pretty good there. Uh, I I know that Tannehill was hurt. When you went out to Pittsburgh, and that's a very tough place to play a playoff game, Matt Moore had his moments there, but ultimately came up short. If Tannehill played in that game, who knows? But I thought that there was a good nucleus there. But it was not really unified because Gase was fighting with Jay Ajayi all year, and then ultimately he's given away and wins a Super Bowl the next year. Jarvis Landry, right, a, a big Big part of that, a star player, um, basically pushed aside, and uh, and 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 you know, given away. Like they could have signed him. Is my point. If they wanted Jarvis Landry, who was not taken in, he was not a a, a Tannebaum regime drafted guy. He was a Philbin Ireland, uh, I think, or um, Hickey drafted guy. So if uh, if they wanted him, they could have signed him way before he became a free agent and was shopping around like he was. They didn't do that. Um, you know, I just felt that, you know, they, Brandon Albert was getting older, but he still had another year or two. You could have kept him there to groom other offensive linemen. Um, you know, it just seemed like they had something there, but they, they kind of gave up on it and re- regrouped. Um, and it, a lot of it's to cut salary, you know. And I think you've seen some of the effects of that. And the reason why, you know, I say that there's promising things is because I think that they did a better job in the off season and with free agency than anybody thought they would. I don't think their drafts have been great. And I think that's a big problem. I don't think their drafts have been great at all. Um, you know, well, McMillan was hurt last year. Now he's playing so far healthy the whole year. And who knows? He might turn into something decent, you know, because uh, he's still off an injury play season where he didn't play anything. So this is like his rookie year. And he's been containing a little bit. You know, he's been doing okay. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to be the superstar they thought he was going to be. I would tend to doubt that. 
Um, but, you know, free agency, I like it a lot. thought the Gore pickup was great. I mean, he was supposed to just spell Drake, and he wound up, you know, he might, he's probably considered your feature back. The Albert Lewis, fantastic. The two offensive linemen I thought were very good, but they both out for the year, and that's a problem with something like that. So, you know, I think they, they, they make free agent moves. You look at the trade that they made for Kiko Alonso, and uh, I thought that – I think that that turned out to be okay, although um, the, uh, you know, the safety that wound up going to Seattle, can't think of his name right now, um, you know, probably wasn't such a great move in there. But, you know, Kiko's, Kiko's a playmaker. If you put guys around him – uh, I, I think that, you know, he, he does some very good things. So uh, I, I like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's something here to build on, but um, that there are problems that need to be changed. And if they're not changed, then, uh, you know, you could you could run into the same kind of rut again. And I know, I know that looks like it. And, uh, you know, this is this – the game where the flashlight's on Adam Gase's head, and there's no way around that just because of the play calling, especially in crunch time, which, uh, you know, we've talked about. Um, so you kind of got to go from there and uh, you know, see see where you can improve things. But um, uh, there, there are some promising things. So I am just letting everybody know, you know, there's a lot of people on the ledge right now. Uh, the season was not – on par for what you know you were hoping for anyway going into this game um so i don't think you you get rash with any decisions or anything there but uh certainly very frustrating and and uh non-condonable i mean i was livid don't get me wrong i was livid on the third 10 handoff livid uh you know i think you you have to try to attempt something there like we've said and so uh you know not happy with that at all um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. All right, let's take a final break and, uh, come on back and wrap it up right after this. This is former Miami Dolphins, Mark Super Duper, and you are listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello.
Okay, welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. Come to the final segment here. Uh, I know I've been rambling. Uh, obviously, uh, it's a uh, it's a rough loss for the Miami Dolphins, and 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 this is kind of a game that lingers on with you, and it kind of lets you know all my points to it. But now I guess it's time to look ahead onto the Buffalo Bills game, which is not going to be an easy game. Uh, Josh Allen. Uh, is playing now again, and uh, you know Buffalo uh, has won their their four fourth win of the season. So you know this is where it starts, and I think this is a game. I think they're four and seven right now. So this is a game that the Dolphins have to win at home. I mean, I I don't think there's any question that they have to win at home. This will be a good barometer because uh, you know when you when you have a devastating loss like the Dolphins just had and you have an entire fan base basically calling for people's heads after it the way you react and the way you you bounce back and play um is a big factor and they got a home game now against a division rival so they have to show up here and uh they have to show up and they have to they have to win this game um, you know, they have to do what they've basically been doing. Now you have a fairly healthy Ryan Tannehill because he said before the game that, you know, there was pain there and uh, there was pain and, and, and it's something that he's going to have throughout the year. He's going to have to fight through. Well, I guess he'll fight through it, but, you know, if he plays like he played in Indianapolis, you should be okay. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing with him where you, you just don't know. I mean, I've seen him look fine and miss, you know, a long time. So uh, I guess we'll just see what, um, you know, what he brings to the table. I'd like to see the the two uh, wide receivers, basically, um, that have, you know, come out, Carew and, and, uh, and, and Parker, continue to do what they do, try to establish a running game, you know, with Gore. Drake looked like he got a little banged up in the Indianapolis game as well. But, you know, it's a game that you have to win. Now, if they could come out here and they could, they could win this game on Sunday, it will, it will take a little bit of the bitter taste out of your mouth, you know, and then you, you, know, you see where you, you regroup and, and follow the rest of the season where it takes you. Um, but this is the must, and if they can bounce back and have a good showing there, then it leads you to believe that, the, uh, that Gay still does have a hold on this team in the locker room, and to get them to respond there, that would be a positive sign. Um, is it something that I'm expecting? Ironically, yeah, I think they are. I mean, I think that they do show up for this Buffalo game. Um, if they don't, then I think that really brings a lot of the questions and, and, and that everybody's been throwing at everything, you know, the last day uh, to a head. But I, I think that they will show up and and, and do something there. So that's, that, that's what uh, – uh, that's what I hope. Um, all right. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where that, ha- where that goes. Um, and, uh, let me see uh, if we could patch rich in now. I know we've had a lot of problems with the phone lines and we're coming to, uh, uh an end here, but, uh, let's see if we can get him in. All right. Rich, is that you? Oh, we yeah. get you? Not like 2019 technology. Yeah, I know. I've told everybody we're having, uh, 
problems with the uh, the lines and it could be weather induced and stuff. But uh, you know, as as we come to uh, come to a head, uh, basically, you know, we've talked about. Um, you know, we we basically went. Uh, I've went over you know everything. In fact, I don't want to kind of rehash all the stuff that you know we've talked about. But this is basically this is what I want, Rich. I want you to tell me, not personnel, not uh, we went over coaching personnel uh, up top. I want to know X's and O's. Just strictly from your football mind, okay? You, you, you're, you know, a football expert. We've been watching, you know, uh, for, for, you know, forty plus years. What did you yep. see in the game plan, X's and O wise, that you liked and that you don't like about the Miami Dolphins? What did they do wrong? What did they do right? Obviously, they had a ten point lead going into the fourth quarter, so they were doing something right. What changed? And what are the biggest mistakes that you see both on offense and defense from an X's and O standpoint? Well, I think the major thing is they're complacent with a 10-point lead, and they think they can just run the clock out in the whole quarter and, like, basically do nothing in, in a full quarter. I mean, and then, you know, you know what I'm going to say. It's like you have third and 10, and you don't try to get a first down, and you run the ball up the middle, no, and you're basically absolutely. pumping to the team to take the lead? I, I mean, I've been harping on I mean, I've been harping on it. Yeah, yeah Rich, I've been I mean, harping on it for 40 minutes, so absolutely. There's no I'm excuse sure for it. I mean, yeah, it's so yeah. gutless. It's ridiculous. It's gutless. You don't do and that. You know, I mean, Rich, first of all, the thing – I was just going to say the thing I brought. I'm just going to interrupt you. The thing I brought up there when I said it is, you've seen all these trick plays and 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 things that original things they did, like in the Jets game up here and everything at the beginning of the year, if, with Tannehill running the ball, with pass catching it and stuff. Like, wouldn't that be a perfect opportunity to maybe try something there rather than throwing the towel? How about getting a little creative? with Tannehill doing something that they're not expecting. Yeah. It's third and 10. It's not third and 28. It's third and 10. I mean, you know, you can see the stink of the Jets on this team. This is like a Jets 80s flight. You know, this is like we've turned into the Miami Jets. We really have been. I mean, the stink of this organization, the, 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 with the you know, and it's not a coincidence. You know, we've what, you mean, to the Miami New York Jets. What, you mean folding at the end of the game? What do you mean? Like, clarify that a little yeah, bit more. Like, what, what do you mean? The moronic play calling, the bungling. I mean, it's like, you know, this has turned into the Jets. It really has been. I mean, you know, you know, no good team does that. Yeah, I, I, I agree that, you know, a good team doesn't do that. And that's my biggest problem with it, you know. Um, but... Yeah. I thought that they were able to do because I, I don't know if you see. Seriously, if you throw the ball forty yards there, right, and you get picked off, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to be mad. Well, I'm not going to complain. At least you're trying something. Just I had the, said the lay handoff yeah. up the middle—it's just ridiculous. I mean, you gave them the win. It's just ridiculous. I had said, yeah, I had said that basically. All I want you to do is show some guts and go for the play. Go for something. I don't care what you pull out there, but I want you to go for the first down. I want you to do a play that's a, a first down play, 10-plus yards. Give me something that has a chance to become first down. 
and and I would be, you know, would I be upset if it didn't work? Yeah, but I'd be happy that you at least went for it. Not going for anything right. there, to me, yeah, right. not trying. Is a, you, I used your words. You said gutless when it happened, and that's the way I felt about yeah. it as well. And you say delayed handoff. It wasn't even that much of a delay. Like, it wasn't even like a, a, no. a, a kind of a trick delay. It was like a half a split-second like delay. It just said, like, every handoff they do, it's like slow motion. You know, yeah, slow motion. It's just, like nobody's going to get tricked like by it. Jerky. It's not smooth. It's turkey jerky, really. You know? It, it, the way is really not the right word. It's just, it's not smooth. And I don't know if you heard in Gase's post conferences and stuff, but what he basically said was they were backed up there. He's been in that stadium before, and he's been in that situation with a Hall of Fame quarterback. That was uh, had the same situation that got sacked in the end zone for a safety. Now I'm assuming he means J- uh, uh, Peyton Manning when he was on Denver. Uh, he's not talking about the Super Bowl. He said it was there. So I don't know what. Uh, yeah. Maybe you remember the play. I don't know the play, but I'm assuming he's talking about Peyton Manning somehow getting a safety in that building. I don't remember that in the matchup, but I guess maybe when he returned there, I thought Peyton won the return game, but I, I don't know. That, I don't, that's I what don't, he. I don't know what he's talking about. But you know what? Know. I would if that happened. I would be more happy with that. I'd be more happy with that. I'd be more happy with Tannehill going back, getting blitzed, and getting sacked. I'd be more happy with that than punting the ball away. And I will say, listen, they did almost stop them. The defense almost did stand up and actually stop them. Uh, you know, it wasn't for Andrew Luck squirming away and miraculously getting out of that sack. Uh, you know, they almost did stop him. But when you look at the percentage, and I said this on the air, I don't know if I'm accurate with this, but I would say punting the ball away there, you're probably looking at a 20% chance that you're going to be successful once they get the ball. I mean, it's probably 80% they're going to win the game at that point. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's how good could the odds be? I mean, how good could the no. odds be to kick out of your own end zone with two minutes left in a no. tie game with Andrew Luck at quarterback and the greatest place kicker in the history of the league waiting on the sidelines to kick a game winner? We missed the chip shot already. He's not going to miss two. He already did. Right. That's why I said he already got one out of him. He already missed one. You're going to yeah. get another one? Yeah. I don't see it happening. No way. Best case scenario. No no. Best case. Best case scenario. They're starting from their own. 30-yard line. That's the best-case scenario. And the worst-case scenario is probably midfield. And it wound up being closer to the worst. And, and you know, and then well, there was a penalty, I think. This, uh, it, this case is really wearing me out. i, I got to yeah. be honest with you. I, I, can't, I can't stand the mannerisms. I mean, what's with the pull and the cap down to the nose? What's that all about? Well, you know? Yeah. I, I, you pull it down lower and lower at the end of the game, like the eye almost. You know, you can't even see his eyeballs. Well, what's that? Well, I think that's what that was. I mean, I think it's body language. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of what it was. And I, you know what? I, I also said, I also said that the reason why that he's getting so uh, castized and so many people calling for his head yesterday and today and this is because of the arrogance that this organization has had yes. towards its fans yes. and towards its personnel. And the second that there's an opening, they're going to come back at you because that's the way that they've been treated with this organization. It's a disgrace. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We have all the bad things without any pluses. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. So the second that there's yeah. going to be an opening, of course everybody's going to jump all over you because you treat everybody from the media to the fans to the players like you're, you know, like there's a hierarchy and that everybody's below you and you know you're so arrogant. So when things turn wrong like this, there's not going to be any sympathy there. And I think, you know, like yeah. you said, I don't think the hat. It's a mistake. I really think that that was a natural body language reaction, that he was almost covering his face and trying to get out of there. And I, I, I don't know if you mentioned it, because obviously I wasn't here most of the show, but what you, what you keep saying is, what is he writing on that stupid notepad? No, I actually didn't, that? Rich. That's a great point. I was so I was so hot and going yeah. through the whole thing that I actually missed. You're right. Yeah. My biggest thing for weeks, I, I, and I'm glad you brought it up, because I want to know this. It irks me to death. What is he writing all the time? It seems like he doesn't even I see the know. plays. He misses it, even in this. They, 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 they let up big plays. They're doing this, a touchdown here, and he's sitting on the bench writing something after it. What could you be writing? Yeah. What could you possibly be yeah. writing? And, and and whatever you're writing, what is it that some, you can't get somebody else to write it? I mean, are you writing what happened yeah. on the play? Watch the game film and write it. Well, what could you be you know, doing never, at that moment? I've never seen it. I really, when was the last time you saw a head coach that never has anybody stand next to him giving him input, ever. This guy's yeah, a lone wolf out there. He's always like, a lone you know, wolf, it's true. Drop next to him, and old Morrow next to him, and like, the, you know, even when Tannehill was hurt, he was sitting on the bench with a hoodie. He wasn't anywhere near the coach, you know? This guy's so arrogant that he thinks he can do it all by himself. And, and, and you know what? Even with the, with the headphones, even if you, you look know, at but, Belichick, you know, even if you look at yeah. Belichick, who's a defensive-minded guy, yeah. right, always had yeah. Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia right next to him. Always, always. <laughs> See, always. Belichick, there's Patricia. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. right. There doesn't seem to be anybody inputting. I'm tired of the Darren Rizzi nonsensical re- overreactions and screaming so he could get his face on TV every week. I'm tired of that. I'm just the whole way it's run. This seems silly. It really does. And you brought yeah. up a great point. It doesn't seem like there's ever anybody near him in his ear, guiding him, helping him. Maybe he should hire somebody else to take the pen and the pad, and he could write down while Gates concentrates on the game. How about that? Yeah, yeah I think I would like that better. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem to me like they're gonna. This is a learning process. It doesn't seem they seem set in their ways that they don't seem to learn from mistakes. They seem to compound them. You know, this is the whole organization. You know, I don't think yeah. they've learned any lessons over the last four years. No, well, that's why I said. You, you know, know, I mean, this this is a statement. Same, you know, they're, they're going. You know, it's like a, it's a, it's a ship going through the fog, heading towards an iceberg. That's all it is. It's just, it, I don't see any improvement, any direction. I don't see anything. I, I mean, what are you going to build on when you when you keep changing over everything year after year? You know. Well, that I guess that, I I mean, know, that's something that you have to weigh. Yeah, but they, 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 bring whole, they bring this whole dopey regime back next year. They still got to do what they did last year: switch the offensive line. Because, like I said, you can't rely on the thirty-year-old guys coming back healthy. So you got to no. you got to start from scratch with offensive linemen again. You know, maybe, you know, Gore doesn't come back, another one of them back. It's almost like the same 
carousel again, you know? Well, well, it can be. I mean, obviously you had a lot of injuries, so uh, those guys come back and play. But I think the offensive line is a problem because – Bringing back veteran offensive line guys that got hurt, that's not the answer. They couldn't survive this year. I'm not looking at them to survive next year. We we both like Albert Wilson, and we were very impressed with what what Grant did, right? But they had two bad, 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 bad injuries that you don't know what condition they're going to come back at. No, you don't. You don't. And that's the year right. You don't know how they're going to respond. No, you don't know how they're going to respond. Yeah. So, so that's something that you have to look at too. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. But I, you know, listen, you, you, it, all of this doesn't take away from the fact that you were, and you're a big spread guy. They were double-digit underdogs going into this game, double-digit, and had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter that they blew. So all that other stuff has yep. nothing to do with the fact that they had a double-digit lead and they could not handle that. And, you know, uh, they yep. uh, and I think that's why Gase is getting so much well, you because know, listen, it's, it's Gase and it's, it's, you know, you got to blame him for, like, you know, how he ran the offense in the fourth quarter. But, you know, Tannehill had four yards passing in the fourth quarter. How much of that was on him, and how much of that was on uh, the play calling that we, that they made? Because I don't remember I don't know, a ton of passes. You know, great quarterbacks don't do that. You know, I'm just saying. Well, yeah, you know, I'd have to look at that again. You bring up a very good point. Yeah, you bring up a very good point. We're actually we're out of time, but you bring up a very good point, Rich. I have to look at that on film and see how much was on Tannehill, but the play calling certainly not where it needs to be. And uh, Buffalo in Miami next week. We'll see how this team responds to an absolute, uh, you know, just a, a, a very rough post game. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week on the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. Headed out to my big two-wheeler. I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the Northern Plains and just rolled that power on. Thank you.